This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Do you have a group chat where you continuously talk about summer getaways but never actually go anywhere? With Priceline, you can save up to 60% on your favorite hotels and also get amazing deals on rental cars and flights. And you can do it all from your phone. So stop texting and start planning. It's time to get more out of your summer. And you know, when you save more, you can do more. More adventures with friends, more unbelievable views, more walks on the beach, more unforgettable moments. Priceline knows every trip is a big deal. So tell your friends you found a great deal on the Priceline app and take your plans out of the chat and onto the road. So remember, when you're ready to book your next trip, Check out Priceline.com for the easiest way for you to get more out of your next summer getaway. So, Rob Vera, correct me if I am wrong, but I'm pretty sure that this is the time where I'm meant to welcome people back in to another edition of the Kickabout. Um, Feel free to jump in at any point, Rob, if that is incorrect, but... Toffees, welcome to the new Kickabout uh, with myself, co-host Mark Mosey. Uh, co-host Rob Vera is also here. Uh, I don't know how long we can call it the new Kickabout until it just becomes the new generic Kickabout that is no longer new to be discussed. Uh, we've got Kate Riley james and Hannah Farrell with us. Uh, guys, I, I was just on the cusp of that happy time where you forget that Everton aren't playing this weekend. And then when I kind of had to think about what we were going to talk about today, I remembered that we actually had our arses handed to us a matter of five or six days ago. Um, we are going to get into multiple topics. One of them annoyingly will be Everton. But first and foremost, how are we all? Kate, how are you doing? Yeah, all good, actually. Um, it's been a, a particularly fun week for me because the kids are in school. <laughs> so that's always a bonus. Um, and it's although, having said that, it's been a heavy heavy week um on the back of two previously very heavy weeks for simply just being a female uh so i feel as if tonight tonight's discussion is gonna get um quite heated no doubt i think we've all got quite a lot to talk about um but yeah on the cusp of it you know springs around the corner we're all right 
Hannah, by the look of it, you've spent your week booting off on people on on Twitter. Uh, I've not personally seen it, but I, I know that I know that you've been been championing your role on uh, on the Blue Room WhatsApp group. How's it been going? Um, that was only today, actually. I've been calm. I've been chill. I've been laying low for the past few weeks, actually, just watching Doctor Who in my room, minding my own business. But I've had some um, straight white middle aged men uh, giving me shit today, so I just thought I'd you know, teach them right from wrong. <laughs> uh, and of course, last but not least, and on the subject of men talking shit, Rob Vera, how are you, my friend? Yeah. Man, I'm doing well. Um, I I knew based on, and I know we're going to get to this, based on the, the subject matter and sort of the idea of what we would discuss tonight. And Mark, you, you drove this, which I think is great. And of course... Uh, bringing Kate and Hannah on, I knew that this would be less of us talking and more of us listening, which I think is good. But I got to be honest, uh, Hannah scares me a little bit. And I I will tell you that uh, in terms of in terms of like, you know, the height to scary ratio, uh, I will tell you, Hannah is not to be toiled with, guys. Uh, I, I think that <laughs> those of you on Twitter who think you're going to pick a fight with Hannah and she's going to back off, uh, need need to fucking check yourselves, okay? You do because... know I'm a five foot one woman. <laughs> like, I'm not a scary woman. See, she may be small, whole... but she See what is she's doing? <laughs> she's disarming you yeah. right there with... Me, Hannah, I'm just a five foot one little, but, but then boom, and then she'll just, you know, talk you in the jaw. So, pull brains, my friends. That's right. That's right. It's all part of the full Hannah, Hannah Farrell experience. Mark, I'm doing fine. Uh, I had my second uh, COVID shot yesterday. Yeah. I am, I, I think I'm one of the lucky, like, as much as you hear the stories about people having these horrible effects after the second shot, and it would be very Everton that of me to proclaim that I'm feeling fine. And then right after this show, I go into full (laughs) coma mode or whatever, but about, I I was reading up on it, like about 50 ish percent of people don't have symptoms afterwards. And I've Mm -hmm. been assured by great internet sources that that does not mean that the, 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 the vaccine's not working. So uh, from that standpoint, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. My arm is sore, but I am I'm a little sad because as we jump just as we jumped on, I found out that the great Jessica Walter, uh, aka Lucille Bluth of Arrested Development fame passed away. And I am I she was she's one of my favorite characters in television history. So it's a it's a mixed bag. On the one hand, uh, you know, Lucille Bluth has passed from this world, and on the other hand, I'm now fully invincible, and being invincible <laughs> is creates this kind of conflicting feeling about those who end up, you know, being mortal, unlike me. Um, so yeah, I'm doing pretty well, Mark doing pretty well. Looking forward to the talk today. We've had a pretty acceptable level of pharmacy chat in the WhatsApp this week. Um, very rarely are very rarely don't mock it. Very rarely are tablets cool. Um, I bought this week, Robin, in response to your, uh, your ailments and trying to protect you from, from the the inevitable death that the COVID jabs give people in the twenty four hours after they've had it, I've, I've enjoyed it. You've you've taught me about American medicine. I feel like I've contributed in some way to keeping you alive. Um, medicine, medicine is fun again. <laughs> yeah, well, you're basically a doctor, Mark. So you know the closest thing to a thank doctor. You. Thank you. In my WhatsApp group, I mean, 
a pharmacist over Mate, there. Have you seen all equivalent to a doctor? You know, over here. So. I just want to um, say as well that chat. My mum got here first dose today, and I was like, "Here's the facts. What you need to do beforehand yeah. and everything." So I shared that knowledge on. <laughs> you know what's funny, Hannah, is Mark told me what what I got a kick out of was Mark saying, "You know what you take during this is, of course, Paris paracetamol." Paracetamol. Yeah. See, it's so many syllables. It's already a terribly named drug. Okay, because <laughs> in, in it's five syllables, and I know because I counted. And uh, in I America, totally just counted that as well. <laughs> yeah, five syllables. I mean, come on. Like, I why? <laughs> you know why? That's why America is better, guys. Because we call it Tylenol. Three syllables. Same thing. Same exact drug, and we can get it whoa, higher milligram whoa. dosage. But- you you call it acetaminophen, which is six syllables. No, 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 no. I am, acetaminophen. I am full no, 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 no. Acetaminophen <laughs> is the actual name of the drug itself. Paracetamol is what the brand is like. What you guys call it? Tylenol is the brand name for it here. But paras- like acetaminophen is just the name of the actual drug I'm itself. Kick, I'm going to kick you in the face. This, paracetamol. This just- come on. This is is it bad that I say paracetamol? Does that make me a wool? Should I be from the Wirral? Paracetamol I was no. brought up with. That's not what that's not what makes you a wool, Kate, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> This is Walter no, White. But, yes. but, you're tired at all. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, Mark, thank you very much for telling me uh how much to take and what to take to kind of glu- you know help help me get through uh this post shot uh experience and uh, now I've got two, and my arm is sore. But other than that, I feel great. And uh, and in all seriousness, it is nice to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. My wife gets her first shot on Monday, which is the first day that she can get hers, and so uh, then the whole family will be almost done. So it's it's really nice. My whole family's got it now, apart from me, and I won't until like August. So surely it'll be sooner than that. Like I, we all thought it wouldn't be until June here. And now they opened it up for everyone, like in Oklahoma, starting this coming Monday. And that's, but that's not that's true around a lot of states. Now again, I don't know how the vaccine rollout is going in the UK. I've heard it's pretty good, but it's I different bands. So I'm in the very last bands because I'm 22 and healthy. So I'm yeah. in the last people to get it. So it's 22 fun. healthy and ass kicker. Yeah, they're they're, that's they're gonna me. wait. They're gonna wait. <laughs> when you get your job, basically depends what time of day you watch the news. I think if you watch it in the morning when everyone's feeling quite happy at like eight or nine o'clock, every adult in the UK is going to be done by the end of June. By the time you get to about five, half five and Boris Johnson's doing like an emergency chat to the nation, then the whole vaccine has been thrown into the North Sea and we're probably looking at next summer. Um, so yeah, it, it's it stuck really, in the Suez Canal currently. <laughs> we're not getting any more. Well, yeah, it'll, it'll be there for a good few weeks. Yeah, yeah, that, that has been a, a strange one today, but... Um, I think we should probably start with Everton primarily just so that we, we kind of get oh. this out of the way. Um, <laughs> the collective groan. That we're, we're, yeah. Everton is back when we're, when we're groaning at the, at just even the mention of, of their, of the name. Uh, I feel, I feel like just, just be, just because of the platform we have and just because Matt Jones will definitely batter me and Rob if we don't mention it. Um, we, we do, we do have a collective hatred for, a failing sporting institution by the name of Everton. Um, fail it did on Saturday to get through to the next round of the FA Cup, but 
Um, I don't know, Rob, I would probably say that failure is is not the right word to use in regards to to the game in general, um, as much as we won't touch on major points of it, because quite frankly, we played a team of absolute football and aliens. But um, what were your kind of takeaways from it? Well, at the time, and I, I still kind of feel this way. I mean, look, when you've gone as long as we have without winning anything uh, trophy wise, it's no one's going to remember the performance or the nuance or any of those things. But I don't know about you guys, but when I watched it, especially as we were, you know, still nil nil, uh, probably with what were we, 75 yeah. minutes plus into the game or whatever. All I could think about was what a heroic defensive performance I was seeing. And I don't just mean uh, by the the back line, who I thought played incredibly well. I thought the whole team was was literally giving giving a full max effort, which we always we always contort ourselves to say, hey, as long as they give a full effort, we can live with that. And I think that the brutal, honest truth is not anything surprising. It's just that you can play your absolute hardest. Uh, but when you play against what is almost certainly the best team in Europe right now, I mean, maybe in the world, that's that's a tough ask. I mean, they can bring what they can bring off their bench ought to be illegal, ought to be outlawed. It's just so it's <laughs> so unfair compared to where we're at right now. But I I I mean, you know, seeing people trying to uh, trying to squint and find fault with our players for ultimately capitulating in a game that they gave everything to try to get something out of. I just don't think we could, we couldn't get that final ball. I mean, it's all the classic excuses, but we couldn't get a final ball where we needed it. We couldn't make that. We couldn't get that one bounce that frankly, in a, in a game like that, that you needed uh, to, 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 to really drop for us. And, but but at the same time, I I came out of that thinking to myself, if if we shore up the things that we all are fully aware uh, of in regards to our deficiencies in the summer, because that's the best thing about this is that a we're clearly better than we were last season, and b it's not like we have some inability to understand exactly what our problems are. We know exactly what our problems are. We don't have a right hand side. For, for anything we overly rely on you know one or two players which has always been the way it is to score um, I think we have the makings at least talent wise of a really good defensive uh, group and we we're missing our most inf- who I think it's turning out to be is our most influential player of the season which is Abdullah Decore so I think I think that that if Everton can address the holes and get a little bit more luck with the injuries that 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 we've built something pretty nice here, and I I just can't be mad about it. I I mean I I know it would be easier to just because that's the normal way of <laughs> operating, but I I really am not mad. I think it was probably ultimately what was always going to happen once we drew City. How dare you talk about all substitutes like that? I mean, justice for Alex Awobi, <laughs> my friend. Because justice for Alex Awobi. <laughs> that, that's the, uh, that's no. the caliber of quality that we're going to throw at you on the 70-minute mark. But uh, just yeah. just one other individual that I'll touch upon. I mean, try, trying to trying to pick apart that game, I thought was was pretty difficult, actually. Um, but Ben Godfrey, I thought, was absolutely oh. fantastic at the back again. Um, I know that... The, the running theme of this podcast entirely now in every show that we do is to praise that lad to the hill. But It's like a fan um, club now. 
<laughs> yeah, not not only for his footballing ability, but that impeccable hairline just refuses to quit. Um, <laughs> the, the the thing that makes me fall in love with him slightly more is that I watched him a little bit for England under twenty ones today, uh, and he looked pretty dreadful for England, and and that just that just made me feel all the warmth for him and watching him for Everton because going away and sabotaging our national side in on <laughs> in any form of level is is everything I'm here for right now. Um, Hannah, I don't know about you watching the game um, and even in the fallout in the last few days, I I really struggled to get up for the occasion that the FA Cup quarterfinal really is for Evertonians. Um, the build-up to the game, I think, shrouded in the fact that it was Man City and we were clearly in for, for a spanking or, or so we thought. It didn't quite materialise in that way, but I don't know, I just just as a fan and, and knowing how much I would have absolutely loved to be there for such a big game, how much the crowd would have been would have been right up for that and the potential for a trip to Wembley and, and as much as it wasn't quite that set up this year. I, I I really, even on 60 or 70 minutes when everyone else was saying, you know, it's the hope that kills you with every passing minute and getting more excited for what the FA Cup semi-final will bring, I, I really, really struggled to, to bring myself to that level and I, I don't know, it, it's probably just that point in the season whereby we, we appreciate what football is this year, uh, we appreciate how frustrating it is, but I'm, I've been dangled this carrot now of the, the last game in May or whatever next season may bring, possibly being able to go and see James Rodriguez before he inevitably leaves us next winter, um, but it, it, I think that the fact that, I've, the fact that I've had that hope showed to me now makes every game without us there a little bit more meaningless than it ever has been. Um, some people probably feel the opposite and some people can can think, well, there's only seven or eight games left at, at home or whatever it is. I'm going to really invest in, in what football is for these games and then from now on it's going to be better. Um, how did you feel? Are you, are you able to get up for that sense of magnitude that the FA Cup for Everton has always been? Not at all. Like on Saturday, I re- the whole day was not pumped in any way, shape or yeah. form. What you should feel, it was a big game and coming off the excitement of the Spurs game, we all should have been really buzzing. But it was just sort of like, uh, waiting all day. I weren't excited about it. And then I think it was also, it's City. Can I be asked watching this? Yeah. Like after watching how they mm-hmm. played all season. Can I? I was so pleasantly surprised, and I think I only actually started to invest in watching the game at half time because I was like, oh, "All right, maybe I should get a bit excited and stuff." Yeah, yeah. this off basically, but it took a lot of time for me to like sort of involve myself in the game. I was sort of just an autopilot, like, uh, "Yeah, okay," because I was just like, "It's inevitable." it's going to be a slaughter. And I was like, it's either going to be a miracle or a slaughter. And that was like my mindset for the whole day going into it. But I think it was that thing. I, even before the first goal, I didn't like start getting that excitement that I get getting to the end of any other game. I didn't feel it at all. It was just sort of like, oh, okay, sort of holes and owls. And I don't know, I think... At the beginning of the season, I was really invested into, like, when we first started the restart, I couldn't get into it. But then once I got used to, okay, there's no fans, so we watched it, I had a period being so invested and so excited because it was just like, okay, this is how you watch football now. And then I don't know, because I never got, um, because of me shared my ticket with Dave, even if we did get a ticket in the balance, I wouldn't have gone to the match. And after fans briefly being in and stuff like that, I don't know, I think it sort of dwindles it again and it sort of amplifies how different it is again, maybe. And for me, it just separates it again. I think the beginning of the season, I was able to just be like, oh, it's the same. 
And yeah. now I think it's dwindled in the past couple of months again. And obviously all these announcements say, oh, we're going to have fans and by this point and all that gets you a bit excited. But it's still quite far removed. It's not giving me the oomph that it shows. Maybe that's because now the season... We, we, Obviously, the silverware again, and it's sort of that okay, the end of the sea, like you know, what I mean? yeah. again, that sort of disappointment vibe. But it, it's only recently I've realized like, I'm not getting the same excitement that it should be, which is sad, but hopefully, that's not for much longer anyway. In terms of like t- really taking the wind out of the sails, I think the Burnley game was a was a proper damager for me with that. Uh, and I know that we always had this thing in the back of our mind that the FA Cup was still uh, uh, the, the league is clearly not over. I mean, the fact that we've gotten into nearly April now and Everton are still a, a relevant football team is quite frankly a miracle, uh, and and that's a massive testament to Carlo Ancelotti for for making that so. But I think that probably was the game where I thought I'm I'm just. I'm ready to stop asking myself the same questions every three or four days, which, which annoyingly at times is how often Everton play. And I, I know we, we sound like spoiled children there because we all we all live to an extent for this game. But I think that there has been times in the season where it, it has been a little bit too relentless. Uh, and maybe Everton were just doing us a favour by taking a few games out of the season by by bowing <laughs> over eventually to Man City. You never know, but. Um, Kate, how do you feel? I think I, it, it definitely would have been different for me if Everton had gone 1-0 up. Uh, I think I'd caveat everything I've said to this point by if we had have nicked that goal with 15 minutes left, I think the, I'd have been off my seat again. I'd have been right up for it. And and when we did eventually concede two goals in stoppage time, I'd, I'd have at least been a little bit more hurt than I feel now. But was it was a sense of, of magnitude of the game there for you? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got to definitely echo what, what Hannah said there and that, you know, all day, ordinarily, everything would have led up to the game. And I found that I was a bit preoccupied with work. I had stuff on with the kids and it just didn't feel like it had the same gravitas that it that it usually mm. does. Um, I mean, I come a bit of a cropper when it's Man City anyway, because I absolutely love Pep Guardiola. Um, and if Pep's happy ordinarily, I'm happy apart from when it's against <laughs> us, obviously. Um, and I'm kind of usually more interested in like, you know, what kind of like trainee jumper combo he's got going on. Um, but um, similar to Hannah, I kind of, I, because I wasn't really feeling it all day, I just made a deal with myself that I wasn't going to watch it. And usually if I'm working while there's a game on, I'll just check like the ticker online, you know, and just see what's happening. And I was genuinely gobsmacked that we got to anywhere near around, the, you know, the, the 70, 75 minute where there was actually yeah. some activity. I was like, like kind of clicking to refresh a few times going, no, 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 no. I've definitely missed something here. Like, where, where, where's the hatchet? Something's gone wrong. Um, so I, I kind of like, I, I kind of had more of an issue really with the fan base of, of those from the fan base who were uh, like, you know, oh, typical Everton this, you know, and I just thought, yeah. are you serious? We're in a, this is two different classes. You know, like you've said, you've only got to look at their bench. Um, and I just think, whilst I hate that idea of, do you know what? It's all, you know, it's all right. You know, that will do. And like you've said, I think if we'd have gone in and we'd have got a nice, nice early goal and it was, you know, all eyes on Richarlison to, you know, to kind of get in there with now it's like, what is it, two and a half minutes or something? Yeah, that'll do as soon as we've kicked off. Um, <laughs> and for that to not happen early on when I checked the score and I just thought, yeah, I'm, I've made the right decision to not watch this. So I was genuinely gobsmacked. 
um, you know, to, to see us in stoppage time and just like, oh, if we'd have just held on. But, you know, in this instant, in this instant, in oh, why can I never say this? In this instance, <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. It's acceptable. Yeah. But ordinarily, it's mm-hmm. it's not. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's no where anger. I sit with it. No, I same. felt no anger after it, even after the game. I was like, okay, this is so weird because I am deflated. Obviously, this was a bit amazing. Mm. But I'm not angry because it exceeds yeah. my expectations of not getting slaughtered yeah. by half time. But then also, every single player on that pitch put a fucking shift in. I know we've oh, said definitely. Ben Godfrey, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Yeri Mina, what a welcome back. Absolutely amazing. So for me, because I had nobody I could fire any blame at. There was nothing. So it was just one of them. Mm-hmm. Like, we've just been up with and quality is a sort of whatever I'm going to say anyway I'm we don't, we don't I'm going to allow English it. on this anymore that's yeah. it <laughs> Mark I think it's a I just want to say um, there's nothing that that tickles me more than when someone compliments Yerry Mina before I ever get a chance to on a show I, I'm I, just going to throw that out there but I, I, I was going to make it my sole duty as co-host for the first week not to mention that lad's name but oh go on go on run, hey, run away with it no, run away no 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 I'm not going to run away no it, look I, I was just to echo what Aunt Hannah was saying like and I mentioned it before every one of those players was committed but there's there's just a talent gap and let's there's a financial gap there's a lot of gaps there right now and that's that's just is it, it you know I, I there's this whole this there's there's this whole thing out there about how you can't have an inferiority complex or make excuses and say well some teams you know the whole expected losses bit really gets on everyone's nerves i'm not talking about that i i went into the game thinking we were Obviously not favorites, but thought, you know, if we can put in an effort, if we get a bounce that goes our way, what have you, uh, you know, to, 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 to accentuate that point, you know, instead, instead of getting a goal, even, even a, the chance we may have had later in the game to get one. Uh, I thought, I honestly thought Yerry Mina was about to score right before halftime, as he does uh, on that on that uh, that chance from the corner. I can't remember if it was Dean or Sigurdsson, but um, you know, it, it just it need we needed that bounce that we just didn't get in that game. But the the effort was there, and uh, nothing was Gilfie's fault. There. Nothing was no. Gilfie's fault. Yeah. No. Can we just well, make a point? Was anything Gilfie, Gilfie's Gilfie, fault? Yeah, I mean, I did. Gilfie was basically invisible for about seventy percent of the game. But <laughs> you just you're made right. it his fault. <laughs> no, I look. Here, let's let's just throw this out there now, since I know Kate has this weird, weird, uh, you know, lady boner for Gilfie Sigurdsson. Wow. But, uh, <laughs> he <Have> is. <laughs> He is having a he is having a better season than he had last season, which frankly wouldn't take much to do. But he's definitely having a better season, and he's been okay lately. He didn't do much in that game, but as Matt, I talked to Matt Jones after the game. We were talking about it. That that wasn't really a game that was set up for someone like Gilfie to succeed necessarily. And and we talked about it in the post match too, like. You know, guys, as much as we can say uh, that there's a talent gap, let's also be honest. If if we're playing with our full deck, there's still a talent gap, but we have a better chance of winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, not ha- Look, as, as much as you want to say, like, there's this weird 
there's this weird like subtext out there that somehow like some people actually believe that we're better without James Rodriguez. We're not guys. Like I know that we've gotten some results without him, but, but you're, you can't go into that game without James Rodriguez, Decore, uh, your, your top two goalkeepers. I mean, there's, there's all, not that it was Jal Virginia's fault on those goals. He kept us in the game. I thought he was excellent by the way as well. Uh, and, and by the way, these appearances have given me some hope that, that he can be the one that's, that's pushing for playing time in the coming years as a young keeper. But, but again, like there was just a lot that Everton didn't have at their disposal in that game. And all things considered, I think we, we played about as well as we could have. And, and at a certain point, you just have to accept that and move on. And now, now the focus really becomes what can Everton do with an opportunity still very much in front of them to compete in Europe next season. Um, I have a feeling we'll, we're going to look back at all these dropped points against teams at home we shouldn't have lost to. That's become a recurring theme this season, ironically. Not on the road, but at home is where we've really failed ourselves. Uh, but right now, um, we have to almost put those conversations aside because I'm the Burnley, the Fulham, the Newcastle game. Those all hurt my feelings. They all hurt my heart. But we're only we're only two points off of we're only two points off right now of a, a European spot um, with a game in hand against Spurs. Um, and you know what? We're we're five points off of a Champions League spot, uh, and and we're probably not going to reach that. And I get that. But there's still ten games to go, and there's a lot to play for. And Carlos seems pretty confident, and that's really got to be the, the focus from this point forward is finding a way to get the results needed because this this club has got to to be in Europe come hell or high water next season. Farmers Cup, whatever you want to call it, they've got to be in Europe next season. <laughs> it still farmers. hurts when you mention when you mention James Rodriguez and the fact that none of us have been able to see him, but also the fact that if you're privy to a certain text message that's doing the rounds this week, we're never actually going to see him play forever and never. Don't start me on this. No, no, wow. starter on this, please. This just consumes my day. Rob, so Rob, I'm pretty sure that you won't have seen this, but I mean I collectively, I did eventually because when, yeah, well, I we can go wherever. Look, it's the this is the kick about y'all. We can go wherever we want. Okay, mm-hmm. not even you know. Now Matt Matt can edit this out later, I guess, if he wants to, but I don't think he will. Well, he uh, might do because no. I've got I'm getting loads of shite from people yeah, who follow me on Twitter. I didn't know. So I'm I didn't scared. know about the Rodriguez. <laughs> I didn't know about the weird totally made up James Rodriguez story that's so ridiculous. Like, Mark, the reason I think we can talk about it is because it's so absolutely in another universe of reality that you can't be taken seriously. So I don't think, I I don't care if we we talk about it. I had to look it up because I saw someone engaging Hannah uh, on her Twitter feed. I'm like, what is this thing about James Rodriguez? (laughs) It's it's just, it's so dumb and so silly that, that, you know, and it always happens at international breaks where weird rumors get popped up when someone's bored and they've got no time on their hands and they decide I'm going to do a bid on Twitter. And it's amazing how it catches fire. All you need is a WhatsApp uh, background. It looks like a text message of some kind, and then it, it lends some credibility to it. But it's it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Hannah, why, I think Hannah ought to be the one that tells us a little bit about this because you're the one, Hannah, that not only engaged on, uh, you know, you basically called people out for not only spreading something like this, but the manner with which they were essentially using this as a pretty 
like the kind of line of humor that goes beyond just being funny and more about being cruel, I guess is the point. And, uh, you know, that they were using uh, a joke or a terribly made up rumor about Hamas Rodriguez, which is an insult to him, but also using that to insult other people of a, who, who are, uh, who are uh, of certain characteristics in life. And so I, I thought, I just I thought that your reaction was great, and Hannah, I think you might want to be the one that kind of tells the story a little bit. Well, no, you know what my beef of it was that so I saw it last night and was like, that's the biggest loads of shite that I've ever read in my and, life. And for our listeners who don't know, because there a lot of people are like, what are they talking about? Just yeah. give us the gist of it. You don't have to go into super detail, but give us the gist of the rumor. It's calling it a rumor, even not even a rumor, like it could be true. It's not even a rumor. It's a total lie. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So yes. basically, some. Bozzy put a screenshot up of a WhatsApp message last night saying, oh, lad, listen to this. It's completely the truth. The reason no one's seen Hammers since uh, the Derby, blah, 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 is because he's transitioning into a woman. Went on with this big elaborate thing. Okay. I saw it last night and I was like, okay, one of the most ridiculous shouts I've ever heard. Moved on with me nice. Forgot about it. Went on Twitter this morning and saw Hamish Rodriguez trending with like 7,000 tweets in my area or something. So I clicked on it and every single tweet was com- so transphobic, but everybody was blind to the fact that it was. And then I came across um, uh, um, tweets of um, a trans female who was like, it's already so incredibly hard for me to be a trans football fan, but now I'm subject to coming on Twitter and seeing all these transphobic jokes that football fans aren't associating with being transphobic. So I tweeted about it, it saying, this whole rumour, it being ridiculous, it being a joke, is completely glanced over the fact that so many football fans think it's okay to be horrendously transphobic. And, oh, God, the shit. So, Lord, I was agreeing with me. And the shit we got off. And I just, I know it's, like, targeting, okay, you're saying these people to say it, but it's the same place. It, it comes from when you talk about anyone, as anyone given prejudice. It always seems to come from white heterosexual males who have never had to face any kind of prejudice in their life so don't seem to understand that words do hurt no matter if you're saying it in a jokey way and oh my god I heard people saying to me that you can't take the piss anymore and I should take their advice and start just taking the piss again um, because I'll enjoy it I just don't understand why people like that me and Laura Laura getting told that, that she um when she does something good, she'll plaster it all over the place, just getting shit. I had some man replying to me saying, no, um, it wasn't a joke because you're men or female, Hannah, that's it. And I've got all this thing coming at me and it just absolutely staggered me. That, mm. But it, it sort of went away from the fact, okay, we're talking about this ridiculous, well, not even rumour, this ridiculous story, but it just scared me how much of our fan base, which I am saying it because everybody who was messaging me had a picture of an Everton player or had Evertonian in their bio was coming at me with all this transphobic stuff. And it just really scared me and unnerved me a little bit, to be honest, mm. that everyone thought this was completely normal. And like, some a person's um, gender identity is their own personal thing. And my beef of it is, if you say something transphobic, homophobic, racist, or anything, that comment does not fe- affect your day in any way, shape, or form. You move on with it. But if you're on the receiving end of that joke, if you're logging on Twitter and seeing that, that's damaging and can of cause effect to somebody who's already struggling with this. So for me to go down and retweet from fans who, um, for trans football fans who already feel like this is an 
area that they're struggling in for them to think, okay, though this is not a big joke that everyone's making fun out of. I just thought it was absolutely ridiculous. And I know it's a big rant, but I just it worries me how many people are actually so small-minded. And the fact that I have men who've got like their profile picture with their wife and daughters and everything coming and giving me shit for standing up for people. I just thought it was fucking ridiculous. So yeah, rant over. <laughs> Mike drop. Uh, don't mess with Hannah, guys. Hey, I, hey, that was another thing I just said quickly as well. I got told I was being a snowflake and sensitive. There's nothing being sensitive about standing up for people who are getting prejudice through at them, whether it be you humour or not. I'm not being sensitive. I'm not being a snowflake. First called and sort of announced for being shitty. And I just feel like that's a ridiculous mm. argument that goes around. If you say, no, you're wrong for saying that, snowflake. Too sensitive now because you've never been on the receiving yeah. end of it. Most of these men who are coming and calling me sensitive and a snowflake have never had any prejudice because they're white, straight, and never had anything through with them at all. So that was another thing. I was just like, oh, you know what? It's just absolutely ridiculous, and it's 2021. These are the same guys that get overly emotional about a, about a football game, okay? So it's funny how the people who most often throw out the you're being too sensitive charge are oftentimes the same very same people who are – overly sensitive about stuff that actually doesn't matter, you know? And I think that that's the, the irony there, but it's also, it's also pretty shitty that like people are, people would, would start making the horrible jokes online, whatever. But then in, in objection to you basically saying, you know, I don't think that's okay. I mean, A, they don't have to follow you on Twitter, but B, uh, then hurling that, that line of humor right back at you almost as a weapon. I think it's the weaponization of the way that we hurl insults at times that just becomes the worst part about social media. And, and I think that it's, I think we're getting to a point now where, um, we have to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, you know, it, because I'm I'm a believer that yes, there we we do have to laugh about things. We have to be able to make jokes because that's the only way we get through the the hellscape that we've been through over the last year, or, or really just life in general. But I think that it's easier to target people for humor based on their terrible opinions and or the way you know something that they've said that's awful, as opposed to a person just being who they are. I mean, this, I think that's the biggest problem is that we've become so comfortable behind our veil of comfort, uh, on Twitter where we don't have to deal with any repercussions of actually seeing that person right in front of our face and hurling insults at them about their physical appearance, about the fact that they're a woman or about the fact that they are uh, a transgendered person, any of those sorts of things that people will say and people who want to get a want to want to be able to feel okay about doing that use the use the the shield of hey can't you take a joke anymore <laughs> and that's the that's the saddest part is that that um y- people get in that mode where they they wouldn't treat the people in their actual lives that way under any circumstance. Uh, to Hannah's point, I actually saw the profile, that guy who was, was giving her all the shit, who was proud father and husband to, uh, you know, a little, to a, to a son. And one of his tweets was a picture of his little boy 
with long blonde blonde curly hair saying should i cut his hair and i thought to myself gosh what if i made a a joke about your boy looking like a girl or something like that like how would you feel then and that's the thing is people are so blinded to think to to their own actions because it's such a one-way direct unidirectional thing on twitter where you don't have to ever worry about Hannah actually doing anything other than tweeting back at you. You don't have to worry about a trans person or a gay person or whatever actually in, actually looking you in the face and asking you to say that again. Um, I've heard it called Twitter muscles. A lot of people yeah. have those online. And I think that that's where people need to really look at themselves in the mirror and say, you know, if I'm going to call myself a good husband, a good father or whatever, is this the kind of behavior? Is this how I'd want my kid to be talked to and or my kid to talk to someone else? And I think if people would just pause that extra second and think before they hit, you know, tweet or whatever, hit submit. I think if we all just had that internal mechanism to just pause for just a second and just say, stop, do I really need to say like I've stopped myself at times from, you know, really clapping back at someone who gave, you know, who because we were arguing about something on Twitter. And I just thought to myself, there are times and I'm not everyone's guilty of, of losing their 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 temper on Twitter a little bit, I'm sure. But I think that in general, I found myself as I've gotten older trying to take that extra breath. And I think we all could benefit in the world by just taking that extra bit of time to ask ourselves, does this thing, does this quip really need to be said? Mm. And, um, and, and to weaponize the, to weaponize uh, insults that are based on people's identities is really the lowest form of, of humor, quote unquote, uh, that there is. And I think that there's a point where there's going to be a, there's got to be a reckoning over it. And if it doesn't start, <laughs> if it doesn't start in instances like these, uh, I don't know when it will, but, but there's got to be, there's got to be some more, there's got to be more consideration for, for people's humanity online. The irony of this is that, sorry, Han, the irony of this is that when we go to Goodison or when you stick your shirt on, or your bobolat, or your lapel pin, or whatever it is for the blues, is that that's what unites us. I literally, I would literally have, out of the four of us, I will probably have met Hannah through work, but never have met hardly any of the rest of us that podcast on the Blue Room. And, and mm -hmm. it's the club that unites us. For, for people to point the finger at other blues, or you know, to take the piss out of other blues based on anything, what they look like, their sexual orientation, their background, you know, whatever it is. It is is the exact opposite of what makes us feel like that that Everton family, that Toffee family. That you know that we all go through the highs and let's face it, mainly the lows together. You know, and we take the mick out of each other for being blues. We don't really need any other excuse or any other reason, you know, to to have to do that. Um, and it makes me wonder, like, so some of the work that we we've done recently, looking at um stats and things from lockdown, um, is that um the LGBTQ Foundation um that posted some figures to say that it was upwards of, I think it was upwards, don't quote me, of 60% of people who identify as LGBTQ community had sought mental health help during the lockdown because they're away from their social situations, which is what they use to identify who they are. 
they've found it very, very difficult. Now, you know, to, to, to move that into a slightly dis- different sphere, Mark, you know, Mark's just been talking then about being dangled that carrot and being able to get back to the ground, you know, and get back to see the footy and, you know, to get back around those people that you only see every weekend when we're packed in like sardines on those shitty wooden seats in the mud, in the main stand. Amen. I'd go back in a heartbeat. <laughs> but it, that, you know, that it's who we are. And when we go to the game, maybe we are slightly different because, you know, you don't mind the fella who's two back who only ever effs and blinds and says we're shit even when we're two up. You know what I mean? Or, or you know, the kids in front who you've seen grow up in generations of families when we go to the game. Or, you know, people you're always seeing the chippy queue or, you're, you know, all the people who work the bars and the pubs and stuff around the grounds. All of those people play a part. And on, on match days, you know, or whether we're at home or, or whatever, you know, we're part, we are part of that family. And I think to see our own fan base to turn on, on, on people or anybody who's standing up for somebody else is really actually very sad. Mm. I think that this, the more I talk to, in particular, Rob now on a weekly basis on this show and, and just casually, I think we've just got a collective appreciation for the fact that human beings are just a terrible creation. Um, yeah, and, <laughs> agreed, 100%. We've created this platform called social media, which without going into an entirely different topic is the skid mark on the underpants of society. It's just <laughs> I deleted my Instagram and it's the best yeah. thing I've done for my head. Like yeah. unbelievable. You realize how toxic these things are. Like I've mm. felt so much better with my mental health since get rid of Instagram and Facebook. Might be but, well, Instagram in particular. <laughs> I would say Instagram in particular, it's not something that I've I've ever used or, or even browsed, but I just think it, if you were trying to think of something that was inherently unhealthy for someone to do, it would all pretty much in this day and age be focused around imagery. Uh, we've now created an mm-hmm. app, which is a platform totally based on on that exact thing. Uh, it, it just it, it seems incredible that, that something like that has taken Counter- so many people's lives, Rob. Counterpoint. I post some kick-ass photos of my record collection on Instagram. That is true. So, that is true. Uh, I'm defying the you point. And and just go, no. you but you know, but, <laughs> but you know what? And and I think this will probably segue us into one of the to the main thing. One of the main things we were going to talk about. But um, I can't imagine like what like I I have no basis of understanding fully what it's like to be a young woman on Instagram. I'm forty one mm-hmm. Rob to be fair. <laughs> well but stop. But you know what I mean? Like it's just different. And and to get to your to to, to finish up the point that Mark made there about humanity, like I, I I'm I actually tend to be more of an op- I'm, I'm more of an optimist than that, but I okay, yeah. I think it's just about empathy. It's about empathy, and and I I learned I I think I've said this before. I may have said this before on the pod, but one of the things that I learned in terms of life lessons in all my years of doing constant business travel, so like being in airports, being on planes, what have you, and basically dealing with every type of person, shape, size, smell, um, loud, quiet. Um, you know, opinionated, not what, you know, it runs, it's humanity, right? But what I've come to the conclusion about in all that time, especially in the early years when I would get real, I'd find myself getting worked up or annoyed with people. I started doing that take a breath thing and started thinking to myself, you know what? Everyone, including this person next to me who's squeezing my, you know, squeezing me or, you know, who's trying to get by or has to go to the bathroom more than I'd like or whatever, everyone is for the most part, doing the very best they can to just get through their day. And if you can, if you can 
take away what a per like that's the thing it's like you don't have to you may be listening to this and thinking god this is so fucking preachy this isn't i'm not i don't think any of us are are saying man you guys all need to become advocates for you know these particular grieved communities that's up to you but what i will say is that what you can do is take away for a second what you perceive to be someone's quote identity and just simply say they're a human being and they're probably doing the best they can to get through today just like I am. And if you can do that and really, really repeat that to yourself enough times, it's amazing how much better you can get at handling it. And I wonder if uh, if that makes you a better uh, a better patron, if you will, of social media. And that's 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 my yeah. my two cents on that. But yeah. that's that's Amen to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the most one of the most powerful statements I've seen around inequality this week um, came from arguably one of the most famous women in the world, um, and she said that there is no level of status, accomplishments, or power that will protect you from the clutches of inequity. Um, Rob, coming straight back to you, that was Megan Rapino on um, what I assume is I, I've never heard of equal pay day before, but is is that something that is is an annual occurrence over in America? Is it is it solely sport based? Um, and no. to, to go forward with this, Megan Rapino obviously has, has been in, um, in the White House this week, no less talking about mm-hmm. um, the gender pay cap, not only in sports but in society in general. Um, how's the how's the follow up been to to her being there over over your side? Well, it's I mean a lot of that's just occurred in the last day or so, and I, I certainly want to defer on that subject, and I know we're going to get on to talk about, um, you know, the specifics of, of what's been happening in the UK over the last week or so. But I, that Megan Rapino has been at the forefront. Like it's important to know Megan Rapino and her sport is one of the giant superstar giants of the game <laughs> in the world. And she and the U S women's national team who have won everything, won world cups, done everything have been lobbying for a long time for equal pay. And so, uh, you know, in terms of, of the, the compensation that they receive for playing for the national team, that men are, are paid more or compensated more. Um, and I can't pretend I know the whole structure of that. As you guys know, I, I, I try everything I can not to, to consume anything having to do with the U.S. men's national team because I, I just can't stand international football for the most part. But uh, the women are great. They win. So, you know, they're easier on the eye, I guess. But they um, – they have been lobbying for that. She's been at the forefront and her point in coming to the white house, because she's just been such an outspoken person on this issue. Uh, this is a, a, a continued movement to address what is still, and let's be honest guys. I don't know that there's a light. There's necessarily an end in sight, but that there's a huge inequity in terms of the gender pay gap in this country. I, I imagine this is true around the world uh, of, of essentially just trying to, and I think what Megan Rapino is doing, is trying to establish a very firm principle that, that a lot of people are. She's one of the voices of this, but there are many uh, women and, and some enlightened men, hopefully, that are leading on this as well, who are basically making a principled point that at a certain point, if you're doing the exact same job with the same output, uh, gender should not be a reason why you are paid less for that exact same output, that same exact mm-hmm. job. Um, and, and again, I get that there's nuance between men's and women's and blah, blah, blah. That's, that's 
that's not really the point. The point is about the greater uh, economic issue and societal issue of women, uh, you know, being underpaid because it's not just a one-off problem. I had a, there was a woman I saw uh, on the news here this morning. He was talking about if you not only if you start adding up the gap, the gender gap, and compound it every year of a person's career. A man and a woman doing the same job over the course of one year may not be something that alarms you, but over the course of 20 years, it could be million a million dollars worth of retirement. Um, that That is wealth. Uh, wealth building that is important generationally. That's how people pass on money to their children who build, build wealth and then build society and so on. Uh, it's the same argument around systemic racism and so on and about the impacts that that has on, on wealth creation. And, and obviously, when you don't have the same amount of money, uh, women be- when you're treated like a second class citizen, which let's be honest, women still in this day and age are um, – when you're treated that way, it's not just something that offends you. It's actually something that has a real world impact on your day to day living. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, if we, if we keep it, I know that we could talk about so many different areas of, of life and the, and the gender pay gap that, that undoubtedly exists in many of them. Um, if we were to keep it to sport, and obviously, Megan Rapinoe, it, it, it's so important that she is one of the pioneers of this because I would say, in terms of elite level sport, Domestic American women's football probably becomes as close to to its male counterpart as it does in. A, I'm trying to think of other sports in the world where the men's game is is so close or so big or or so economically powerful. Which, granted, I, I didn't actually realise until the last 24 hours looking at some of the revenue stats that are behind the the women's game over in America. Uh, I would say it's not quite like that here at the moment, but there's certainly promising signs of us of us developing that side of the game. Um, to ask the very broad question, I think that the, the fallout from this on much love social media um, has been: is is every element of women's sport ready for? Terrible way of phrasing that, but should, should every element of women's sport be equitable in terms of pay um, across the board with the men's game, regardless of that sport? Can you name a female Formula One driver? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, you know, that, that that's it. I bet you can name a whole load of pit girls, though, or you could probably pick them out. And that's not me saying that you know that, that that's Rob. on your part, but. The, the, I can't name a male Formula One driver, so I'm not the person. <laughs> You're not helping. Um, straight away, that, that's my kind of, that's my obvious response. I've been in a really, really privileged position um, in that working with, with Matt and Dave, we've been able to produce, although COVID knocked it in the head, last year um, to launch Women on the Ball um, through the Blue Room that gave us our first platform to be able to highlight Everton women that are not even referred to as Everton women anymore. It's Everton and it happens to be the female team. And that that's that's where it needs to go. Um and as much as like as much as it galls me and that we've not been able to get over to Finch Farm to, to do anything at all essentially um over the last year um i'm really really pleased to see that the club is starting to invest more in the women's team and its media coverage and um getting the likes of brilliant personalities like simone 
email on a microphone um, and that's then passing over then into the men's team as well when they're doing more you know kind of corporate bits and things on their social media that there's more cohesion between the first team and and the female team and the women's team um to answer the question mark it's very very simple yes why why should mm-hmm. why should gender disparity and why should inequality mean that i get paid less for doing the same job as you um it, you know in, in in anything across sports or or in the you know in, in the wider sphere um there's a lot of talk at the moment um about um changing the situation for uh, professional uh, female athletes or or, or sports women who take time out to have a family and then to re-enter their sport and, and, and how that needs to change. Just to put that into context for you and probably more so for yourself, Rob, because you'll not have heard of this. Um, when COVID happened in the UK, um, a couple of months later, the government here launched um, SICE, um, which I think, again, correct me, um, is the self-employed support something or other um, and it, it was essentially the, the self-employed support grants that anybody who was self-employed could apply for because obviously they weren't able to trade during the lockdown um, it wasn't massive it wasn't widely uh, known at the time uh, but a little while later it came to light that women who applied for the SACE grant who had taken maternity leave during the eligibility period were paid less than men because maternity leave was classed as a sabbatical or a holiday from self-employment. So none of them. Are you saying it's it's not a holiday? Is what you're saying? <laughs> oh, let me tell you. I just want to make sure I'm following. I mean, I've done it three times. It was that good. Right, right. This is this is what we're dealing with. And Someone people... likes a vacation, don't they? <laughs> Someone needs to get a telly. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, you know, and I can I can joke about I can joke about it like that. The knock-on effect um, to have this heard in the um, in the High Court um, became a um, a campaign called "Pregnant Then Screwed," um, and I'm absolutely disgusted to say that a year later um, that it was also a female judge who ruled that actually it stands and it, the government is correct. To, to, to have that in place, which is just absolutely disgusting. So you're right, Mark, mm-hmm. in that, you know, there are so many different things at play here. Um, and I think the most important thing to come of it um, is that it, we can't stop now. This is it, you know, and it's hot. It's going to be difficult for everybody, you know, and it does it to use a sport analogy it changes the goalpost no you know a lot of people don't really know can we say that anymore and you know is that all right and you know there are plenty even of the blue room team who've come out and been very very vocal um following a a case that that's currently unfolding so we've got to be very careful you know that we that we don't say anything too specific um about women's safety in general and we've had so many important discussions recently even between you know partners and families and children and where I stand is even very different to where my mum stands you know in her late 60s um, and you know having done various jobs over the years my mum's quite dismissive of oh it'll never change Uh, you know and it's like but but it will if we do something and if we galvanize enough of a response um, and we educate people you know properly and it is people everybody needs to be educated um, in the right way so that we know what is acceptable um, and what isn't acceptable and why and why it isn't 
Um, Kate, can I ask you just for those who are listening who don't know exactly what you're talking about? And I know that over there, you guys have to be careful about the specifics you get into because there are rules about. Yes. Okay. But can I, I'm referring to the case of the, the woman who was, and I know a little about it. I was looking forward to listening to you guys talk a little bit about it, but essentially Mm -hmm. a woman was murdered and it turns out uh, she was kind of stalked and murdered by, was it a a, a off duty police officer? Yeah, that's Uh, correct. So, I mean, yeah, what, what it, what it stems from um, is that following the news, um, that a young woman's um, uh, body had been found um, and um, that there's so currently a, a, an ongoing case um, investigating that um, is that within a couple of days, am I right, Hannah? I think it was it was the following Saturday, wasn't it? A couple of days um, in Clapham Common in London, there was a vigil held uh-huh. um, in her memory, um, which caused a government response um because we're under covid currently uh the you know that i don't think it's the law that states but policy states that that public uh, gatherings are, are currently um not allowed um because obviously of high infection rates etc cetera, etc cetera. um unless you're a football team in which case yeah, unless totally you're rangers and you've just won the re- you line the streets get, you know you'll get a police cordon even to help you to help you line the streets also, if you're joining in on an anti-lockdown and anti-vaccination process, you won't get tackled to the floor. But if you're holding flowers and a candle just because you're an inferior gender to these big police officers, yeah. you will be um, tackled to the floor. So I just put that one out there. It's absolutely... Yeah. Fuck you, Stephen Gerrard. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's clearly untouchable, isn't he? Let's face it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the knock-on effect of the vigil, which turned violent um, and there were lots of key things there that were very, very worrying um, Mm -hmm. as well as some really shocking images of of police. And I want to use a different phrase, but they were manhandling women to the floor and arresting them for like civil unrest, essentially. Um, Notice there was also a man with a green megaphone in the middle of it, who was basically kind of shouting out what was going on and what they needed to do. And I wasn't there. Um, And, you know, subsequently, um, it meant that gatherings around the country and all of the major cities and most likely some towns, villages even as well, were also cancelled. But I've got to say a massive, massive thank you and congratulations to everybody who worked behind the scenes on the likes of Reclaim These Streets to bring um, groups online. And, and still to be able to, you know, to pass on messages of, you know, of of hope and of action and what it is that we need to move forward. Um, it's 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 a difficult time for everybody involved at the minute. And like I said, you know, interesting discussions that have happened between partners and families and, you know, and, and daughters and mm. that type of thing have, have really kind of brought home systemic um, behaviour that that is that is just decades and decades old. I mean, I've had conversations in the last couple of weeks uh, with my own daughter, uh, who's fifteen, and she found it incredulous that in the nineties, so I left school in ninety nine um, at sixteen, that I had a personal alarm attached to my keys, and it was that was like my version, my nineteen ninety nine version of I've got me mask. 
that, that's yeah. what it was that was that's that's what that mm. you know that that kind of decade um accessory was geez how bad is that um and i realized that i've taught my children coping mechanisms that that i was taught or, or kind of emergency coping mechanisms mechanisms that i was taught 30 years ago at primary school now if you need an indicator that nothing's changed in 30 years yeah. it's that yeah. right there if I got separated from my parents it was usually a Marxies I'm not gonna lie because my mom would just go <laughs> off on one in the food court <laughs> not to make light of it and I'd be like oh my god because she'd left me you wouldn't go and look for a member of staff you wouldn't you know you wouldn't look for an adult you know that you would look for a woman with children yeah because that was deemed safer yeah you wouldn't See, look for a steward or a policeman which yeah so it says it all doesn't it really you know what I was just gonna say so this whole incident what it's brought on for me I didn't realize that the things I do to get myself home are actually strange to a man that I have to do like exactly the same honey yeah if, if my phone died that's it I'd have to go somewhere to the charge stay over somewhere there'd be no way that I'd make a journey home with my phone dead. I would never, even when I used to work and everything, would never even dream of getting the bus and sitting upstairs on my own. The fact that I've seen that lads go for a walk or a run at like 10 o'clock at night with the headphones on, I didn't know anybody did that because to me that just screams, oh my God, it's like danger. But then I didn't, then this is the thing that made me think, and this is what my mum and dad have always taught me type of thing. So I live quite far away from all my mates, went to the school miles away, and I've always had to make the journey. And it's always been the thing, oh, your mum and dad do everything for you because my mum and dad are terrified of me making my own way home because of that. They've always come and got me. But then I thought like, oh my God, it's so crazy like where my best friend's flat is where two of them live there's a train station a five minute walk away which then if I get on a train then get off a ten minute walk to mine if it was dark even if it was like around this time but we're recording eight o'clock an hour when it's dark I wouldn't do that on my own and uh, my parents would tell me not to do that and I've just mm. sort of as instilled in me that I pay for the taxi everywhere I go because it's not safe and it's only all this coming up that I've realised all these things that I do is just crazy and shouldn't be the case at all walking with your keys in your hands when you get yeah. on the bus I would never walk around with headphones in at night because my mum taught me to never ever do that and I just it, it going on Twitter for me made me feel sick because it was just thousands and thousands of women saying they do the exact same things with me just to get home from work and I was just like oh my god but then you've got men saying I can't believe this. Men who live in London who are like, I go jogging yeah. around parks at night with headphones in. And mm. it just signaled to me. That was, like, that was the biggest thing, Hannah, is that that, that normal, completely normal behaviour for us can be so alien to you yeah. guys. That it's just like, you know, well, why? Or you're being, you know, you're being oversensitive or, you know, not being called out for it, you know, but yeah, it just yeah. being so alien to you. And I've always thought as well that my mum and dad are so overprotective. Like, I'm 22 now, but I live at home. So if I'm out, I have to keep texting my mum and she has to know how I'm getting home yeah. and always ask mm. the time. And it got to, like, even, like, in the past couple of months, I've been like, this is ridiculous. I'm an adult. Stop doing this. And incidents like that happen. I'm like, I understand why you do this now because it's not a case of it won't happen to me type of thing and like you get and that's why like you said you teach your you've taught your kids the same things it's because mothers are having to pass it down that you should genuinely be terrified to go on that's, to nice 
that's the mm. worst of it. It's the it's it, it, that's the, the the overriding kicker for me when I think about my girls growing up and and Logan as well. To be fair, and my son because he's you know educated and grown up with sisters, you know, and that type of thing. It's equally as important. It's just really sad that nothing has changed. <laughs> Literally nothing, which is why we can't now lose this opportunity to make sure things change. Um, and and yeah. the. And I can understand why that older generation feels like, oh, it's always been like that, you know, and, you know, that that's just how it is. And these young ones getting upset because someone's whistled at them. And it's because nothing's changed since their generation either when they were our age, when they were in their 20s and 30s. But it doesn't mean that it shouldn't. Um, you know, and I don't want that for them. I don't want our normal to be their normal. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and have it already, you know, with with, Elle, with her being the oldest and stuff, you know, any time that she's not with me or her dad, I know where she is on WhatsApp location and she deserves more freedom than that. You know, and that's not me asking for it. That's because it makes her feel better. So it's already there at 15. You know, so and I just think of these, you know, I'll go out and you know see groups of lads and stuff knocking about together. And it is just like a world away from from the lives that they live. Mm -hmm. I think the, the glimmer of hope of what you've just said there, Kate, is that, and you also referenced it earlier with um, your mum's uh, attitude or what, what she said about this particular particular situation, but I don't think the world has ever changed at a quicker rate with in terms of th some of the, sort of the topics that we're talking about now and the fact that we're even having this discussion, as it has done in the last few years. Um, I think that the... <sighs> The way that the older generation to us see things and see issues like this is is to us naive, uh, and I think that bar bar a few exceptions, I think that that is pretty fair because um, we we now are a little bit more holistic in terms of the way that we think about about things like this. And it's interesting that you both you both kind of reference the the guys that you've spoken to in the past. What is it now? A couple of weeks, um, and this kind of almost naive figure that they represent in terms of not realizing the. The struggles and, and some of the things that you've mentioned in terms of you know basic things about getting home and going for a run in the park and I, I would definitely definitely throw myself into that naive camp because up until a couple of weeks ago th this is not something that I really actively thought of and I'm, I'm happy to admit that um, I, I mean from the base point of that I don't go and attack women at night and I'm going to throw that straight on my CV but that that's just been a that's just been a normal thing for me I you're don't, a don't... good guy Mark you don't <laughs> attack women thank <laughs> you <laughs> uh, but it's I, I just think that some of the things that you mentioned Hannah in terms of getting home or, or going for a run that that Going for a run at midnight with my headphones in is just something that's just totally normal. I, I just I wouldn't even I, walk I, I my dog never. with my headphones in at nighttime. I wouldn't even dream of doing that. And if I did, I would have one in just to make sure I could mm. hear something going on behind me. I'd never go running at night, but that has nothing to do with things. <laughs> oh, wow. I just, I mean, running running is for suckers. Was, but but I, I but in all that. seriousness, but in all seriousness, what you guys are describing. Is it look? I, I know that there there may even be some of you who are if you've gotten this far into this podcast, you're like, okay, this is just, I get it. This feels serious. Like, why do I need to hear this? <laughs> if you ever hear people talk about what privilege is, 
That's what these, that's what Kate and Hannah are describing. Privilege is not something you have to think about. It's, it's actually the opposite. It's the stuff you don't have to think about because it just quote goes your way. I'm as a guy, I don't ever have to think about now. Part of it is just, you know, I'm, I'm a guy. I'm, I'm of a certain stature, if you will. Um, but the bottom line is, is that I can go if I wanted to run at midnight, which I don't, but let's just say I wanted to be out at midnight by myself or what have you. I don't really give it a second thought, but when my wife goes to the gym in the evenings and I know, like I find myself being that guy of like, Hey, just let me know when you're headed home or what, you know, cause I, I, I think if you're, if you have a woman in your life at all and you really think take a second to think about it you think about what they have to think about and then when you care about them it, it, you start thinking about it a little bit too but the bottom line is is that we don't we don't really quote get it in the same way because we don't have to live it mm-hmm. um, that's what privilege is um, that extends to the same conversations we have about the way for instance that uh, you feel as a person of color dealing with the police in America for instance uh, you know it's a completely different conversation that like to Kate's point that you have with your children about how you deal with the police and how you don't um, and that's I think that's the thing that all of us I mean we the broader theme of what we were talking about on social media was empathy But I think part of it is just a realization and awareness that what Kate and Hannah are talking about is stuff that they probably not only do they 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 think it's I think, guys, you correct me if I'm wrong. You're beyond Hannah even thinking about it as much as you are. It's just so ingrained in you to not wear headphones, not go out after a certain time, whatever. And basically you live a less free life than other human beings in the same society as you because you're a woman and and if i'm there's no other real explanation for it right because you're a woman and because you have to feel like and it's the same thing too of like if you ask a guy who like what's the scariest part about dating or asking someone on a date it's probably the fear of rejection but for women it's i'm afraid this guy might rape me or kill me or you know something like that like i i'm not meaning to laugh like i'm not trying to make light of it no, but no, it's, no, like, it's, so it's a completely though. different set of yeah. things no, that, right. that have to be considered and until you can wrap your brain around that i don't think you fully appreciate the conversation you try to have when you say to someone that hey just lighten up it's not that bad you know whatever because if you don't live it then you don't truly understand it and that's why you've got to probably stop talking for a little bit and actually listen to people when they say that they're afraid or what they have to deal well, with I- and for one thing for me as well, which really stood out, because this is one of the, t- I suppose sometimes as a woman, when you're going on drinking, like you can become more relaxed about things, maybe, and it's just the way it works. And then last summer, um, my, we walked to, it was, must have been about, it must have been about 11, me, uh, two of my friends, and my friends on a bike, walked to her house. And then after we left her to get a taxi, she rode her bike to go to the shop that was open late or something and got dragged down an alley by a man. About five minutes after leaving us, we've been walking over the whole way and that happened just after us leaving her. And like, thing, and it's the amount of times that like you people say, oh yeah, fears of that happening. Do you know what I mean? And for mm. me, that was like terrifying because I... Someone must have seen that she'd only just left us because it was immediately after she left us. She got dragged down an alley 
way off a bike and like these things happen constantly do you know what I mean she was two minutes away from her house where she then lives on her own and then was left terrified having to go back to her house on her own and it's just it happens so much and like I just think it's the fact for me I didn't realize how many other women carry their keys in their hands just to make a two-minute walk the bus stop at the end of my road is literally it's a 40 second walk to my house. I would never have my hoverboard zone and not have my keys in my hands mm. or at least my phone. And there's even been times where, say, it, when I used to work in a shop, it'd be like nine o'clock where I'd be on the bus home and my dad would come and walk to the bus stop to get me. I'm not adult. Like, why is my dad going to do a 40 second walk down the road? Because we have that little faith in humanity and in men out there. It's just insane. And then I also, this is just another thing as well. I feel it's not just older men as well. Young lads, when I've been out on my own, have shouted things at me and followed me so many times. I work, where I work, um, I have to go to work at five in the morning. And my mum, she drops me off because she doesn't want me getting a taxi on my own. But you can't drive up to my work. It's all pedestrianised. So I have to walk down some steps. My mum parks at the top and I have to text her when I get in. And then one day, uh, there was lads who'd been to town who were following me. It's like, oi girl, oi girl, following me, a group of five in to where I work like I was just on my way to work and got followed by a group of lads shouting things at me mm-hmm. it just wouldn't happen to a fella on the way to work do you know what I mean uh, boys will be boys Hannah you know I mean and that's the thing so oh, oh the biggest load of <laughs> bullshit <laughs> that ever rolled I think something that's quite important to um I, I just I think about our, our listeners in particular and a conversation that that Hannah and Laura um backed us on on the um on the whatsapp group uh, a couple of weeks ago after this this initial kind of incident that, that provoked such a massive response um, was that um, I'd thanked you guys and, and Matt and Dave in particular, um, you know, from from the Blue Room Roots, um, because we've got a voice as part of our fan base. And as far as we're aware, and we're happy to be corrected, we think we are the only Everton uh, related podcast that has regular female either hosts you know or or guests that you know that we're involved in a conversation and if if we don't do that if we don't have a platform where women talking about football for instance after the Mother's Day Super Sunday kickoff when it was all women on BT it was like oh what's this loose women that's exactly the problem if you don't involve women in the conversation, it will never be normal and it will always be seen as a gimmick. It will a always novelty, be a gimmicky yeah. novel, you know, until it isn't, which is why this needs to continue. So, again, I just want to reiterate that we are proud to, you know, to work at, in, in in an equal capacity with you guys to be able to chat about what we love and what we generally hate well, and loathe about Everton. Um, <laughs> the, the, the one point I want to make that I think is important um because there'll be a lot of a lot of men in particular who will feel as if they can't say anything right now that they can't say anything right um you know or that you know what what can we say now is that all right are we allowed to make jokes about this anymore or you know that type of thing this is a massive learning curve for everybody because women are currently in a position for the first time ever where we set the bar as to what's acceptable as opposed to that being dictated to us. Mm. Please be fully aware of the fact that this learned behavior from our point of view also needs to change. I found because it was such, I was so uh, such an emotional charge after, after what had happened a couple of weeks ago and, and then the Clapham Common um, scenes um, that when I, when I talked to my Instagram of 
all things and wrote about, I can't believe that this has happened, uh, that this has happened to a woman. And, and then I corrected myself later on because it's, it shouldn't be the woman that was the focus. It was the actions, the alleged actions of the man that were the issue. So, yeah. you know, we're still learning which way round it is because we've been so conditioned to put you first and us second. So I think what's important if you take anything away from this podcast today in terms of, oh, it's women moaning about they don't know where they stand anymore, you know, and that we've all got to be equal, is have the conversations and ask the questions you know, is that all right? I'm not really sure whether I'm supposed to say that anymore. There's nothing wrong with holding your hands up and just going, oh God, sorry, you know, I didn't mean any offence by that. Or Because until we have those conversations and we normalise them, nothing's going to change. Mm. So you have to be able to say to, you know, to your partner, hey, do you know when you go out with the girls, like, you know, did you have to do any of that stuff? And, you know, and if you don't ask those questions and you don't educate yourself mm. and we don't kind of work out, you know, what, what the outcome is of, of this and what equality looks like, nothing will change. And the angry people will keep getting angry because we, we should be back in our box. And the, the women will get more angry because we ain't going back in the box. This is where we are. So unless we talk to each other and unless we have those really awkward conversations where you just go, oh, shit, I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, I, d- I didn't mean it like that. Or, you know, I hope you're not offended. It's fine to get it wrong. Let's just work towards getting it right. Yeah. Wow. Now, and Kate, I, I should point out, too, that, you know, to your one of your earlier points, Kate, like, you know, I've had you and Hannah on before and we've discussed, I, I think we had one show where we actually talked about the character challenge. The, yeah. Yeah. Oh God. The character challenge, the, the kind of just wow. the general challenge your toward, wife to name three football players. Right. Wow. Like, like the, wow. the general, uh, tr- the general <laughs> kind of attitude about women just even being patrons of, of, of a men's sport. If you want to, if that's how they want to view it. And, but but to Kate's point about you know kind of normalization or whatever, like I, I you guys have been on with me what a dozen more yeah. t- dozens of more times to just talk about whatever inane bullshit I've come up with over the last couple of years about so Netflix much. and so music much. and <laughs> you know all of that like and that's and that's you're right like um, that's why Kate to your point you know when people say representation matters it's because it, it you know the only way you you normalize uh, inclusion is by actually going about being inclusive right and so exactly. I think that's a big part of it but no I, I think that all the, the stuff that you're talking about everyone if you start from the premise of well I can't say anything anymore. <laughs> I mean, you're already starting off by by basically revealing yourself, and 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 to Kate's point, none of us get it all right all the time. Um, just ask my very strong, very fiercely independent, and way smarter than me wife, who will assure you that I get it wrong constantly. But <laughs> but to Kate's point, I think that's the idea: is that it's not about you quote not being able to say things or that you have to always say the right thing. I think it's it's kind of multifaceted. One, it's you can say what you want, but you have to also be willing to receive the feedback on what you've just said and actually sit there and listen and go, okay, maybe that's not what should be said. Maybe I hadn't considered this and this is why maybe I ought to consider my language or consider my approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and you know, second, just don't intimidate women. <laughs> No, just, you know, I mean, I don't know how much of this entire hour plus conversation gets back to just don't be an asshole. Yeah, don't start a hashtag saying not all men. 
Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Hashtag saying not all men. Thank you very much. Oh, no. That's you the know, equivalent you know, to all lives matter. You know how, hey, you know what? You you know how dudes look. If you guys want to prove that you're a good good guy, just be a good guy. You know, don't tell people you're a good person. Uh, just 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 try to do, just do your best. Be it. You know, listen every once in a while. None of us have got it all right. And Mark and I have actually, you know, when we're talking about, you know, we've talked about some of this stuff before. Like, you know, we're we're both we're both married. I guarantee we both are still navigating, you know, through the the, the waters of trying to combine our lives with another person. And it's part and parcel with that is learning how different their experiences have been. It's amazing what you learn when you actually will sit and have a conversation with someone to Kate's point. And so I think that. I'm glad we did this today. I, I I know Mark that we are not always going to have a super heavy uh, content on this show, but I think it's also important to say that one thing that we've never really been afraid of, at least on this podcast, is to have actual kind of uncomfortable conversations about stuff and to let it out and to be willing to engage on the stuff that makes us a little uncomfortable at times and where we all admit we've got a ways to go. But mm-hmm. um, Hannah and Kate, especially, I just I. I'm, I want to thank you guys for 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 really just letting us know how you feel and 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 giving giving uh, people who are listening to this just hopefully more to think about even if it even if it influences one one dude out there to maybe reconsider the way he uh, engages with with people in general or on social media or whatever I think that's a that that's that's progress and and the only way we can do it is by engaging with one another for sure can I just say one thing as well I saw the tweet the other day and I was like that's one of the most important things I've read in so long we need to normalize changing your opinion after you've learned more but not initially just cancelling somebody for being a bad person like let's normalize oh no i've learned more about that now i've changed my opinion mm-hmm. this whole thing of like oh you said something awful straight away is also very damaging as well so i think that thing of being like no i've learned more about that now I've actually changed my standpoint is also a really important thing that people need to adopt it's okay to come out and say oh yeah, I've learned more about that now. I've educated me more on self that now. I will change my viewpoints. I think people are scared to do that sometimes because of the whole oh, cancel thing and all that. It's okay to sort of say, no, I've learned more about that now. Maybe I was wrong. A little ray of hope for you that brings us right the way back around to Everton. So you'll be pleased yeah. to know. A little ray of hope for you. When I go to the hope game... Hope in Everton in the same <laughs> sentence. <laughs> um, Catch the Strong, fever. independent women. You ready? Um, I, when I go to the game, I usually sit up in the um, in the main stand. And my, my seats kind of change a little bit. Um, but I'm usually around the same crowd. And I've often found that I've probably... I've maybe not been as vocal as what I am like in my head or if I'm watching from home sometimes. Just because I move around a little bit and I'm not always around the same people. I don't necessarily feel comfortable. Um, you know, kind of, kind of shouting out. Essentially, maybe that, maybe that's my bugbear. But I am surrounded by men. We'll say that. My nine-year-old, on the other hand, she will literally give that team hell whenever yes! she thinks it's 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 well which is like 90 minutes most of the time whenever she thinks it's relevant yeah. she will stand on that wooden chair with splinters in her ass like the rest of us and <laughs> aside from calling them shite she'll get about as close as she can you know without without <laughs> and, um, and i love that she is com- she is completely in her comfort zone surrounded by men old enough to be dads grandfathers you name it and she will say this is wrong 
rubbish and she'll let them have it whereas I won't be so vocal thinking yeah. oh so many of them are probably talking at me and going shut up you don't even belong here anyway um the tide is turning and for as long as we bring up, you know, young women who think that they believe they they or believe that they belong in every social situation w- with that kind of equality, then things will change. So have the conversations and practice what you preach in your Twitter bios. Proud dad. Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> well, guys, this has been kick ass. Uh, I don't know how else to describe it. I feel a bit uh, exhausted after it now. I feel like I've uh, really got a lot of, <laughs> a lot of anger. Yeah, that's. I've got a cold chicken descri- sandwich waiting for me after this. Fernanda. Hannah, <laughs> Hannah, you are describe you are describing sweet, sweet catharsis. That's a good <laughs> feeling to have. Um, Guys, this has been awesome. Thank you so much to Kate Riley, James, to Hannah Farrell, to my lovely, uh, beautiful co-host, Mark Mosey, who I will objectify continually. And I'm sorry, just that's not going to stop. I wish you could have um, seen him blow a kiss just then. That was, I feel uh, like I've just seen something come off the post too. Prove it right now. I, you know, I don't mind objectifying Mark. It's a different, it's a different standard. I know, but um, no, but guys, uh, thanks for your time today. Um, Of course, guys, we are all kind of basking in the glow of an Everton free weekend. I hope you all enjoy it out there. Get outside if you can read a book, watch a movie, uh, drink something with some, you know, something good with someone you you like or you love, or even someone you don't Uh, have a great Everton free weekend. We will of course be back with uh, more kick about uh, next week uh, of course on the blue room we've got stuff that that we've got content that never stops of course we've had the weekly subs weekly uh, there will there'll be a mailbag this weekend I'm, I'm sure uh, no post match thank God and uh, we'll be back to our normal cycle uh, beginning uh, gosh we got palace coming up but not till the what the fifth I think I mean it's, day, just, yeah. it's gonna be a glorious 11 more everton free days guys enjoy it we'll see you next next time for more kickabout take care this summer ll bean invites you to simply step outside and enjoy the fresh air and sunshine we'll be your guide with tips and advice to get more out of every moment outdoors here's one on your next camping trip turn a headlamp into a lantern in five seconds strap the headlamp around an empty clear water bottle or milk jug and turn it on the soft white light will brighten up a tent for more fun ideas, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com slash guide. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.